0: A dog lies to the dog he loves to impress her. He's a tramp, but she loves him. We're talking a Goofy Movie on today's… We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and sneak out of the house and try Mushrooms in the Park. I didn't do that when I was a kid, because uh, I'm still scared of any psychedelics or anything. Uh, one time, uh, I uh, had an edible, and I thought I was going to die. So no more uh, drugs for me. That's a classic high school uh, goof goofballery. But, uh, in any case, uh, we have a special guest today uh, via Skype, uh, the host of the Victims and Villains podcast. It is Josh Berkey. Hey, Josh, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? So, I, I take it with,
1: you know, not indulging in psychedelics, you've never watched Doctor Strange. Uh,
0: that is true.
1: <laughs> it's a super trippy film.
0: Oh, I can imagine. I saw, I mean, I saw Thor Ragnarok in the one scene where he's like, now you have a cu- a glass of water and now you don't. I was like this is enough for me. I don't <laughs> think I need to see the full film. Yeah, that's that's about the extent. I mean, Thor was all right. It wasn't as good as it felt like everyone made
1: it out to be. But yeah. Yeah.
0: Everybody was like, "Oh, this is going to be a crazy romp." And it's like a f- it's more of a buddy comedy than uh, a Marvel movie. And I was like, this is just not that fun. I I I'm like not invested enough in the Marvel Cinematic Universe like I I just didn't really care that much to begin with, and so uh, I'm just seeing v- very sporadic bits and pieces of it.
1: I only actually saw it because my wife and I, uh, one a mutual friend of ours, just texted us and was like, "Hey, you want to go to the movies?" And we were like, "Sure." And it was five bucks, so you know. Oh wow! Yeah, we have we have five dollar theaters out here. Uh, well, on Tuesdays, so.
0: Well, yeah. Temple every couple weeks they do a two dollar movie, and even if it's horseshit, you can't beat two dollars. So no. I will waste two dollars.
1: That's one of the things I, I I loved about growing up in Baltimore was like dollar theaters, and I I miss them out here. Like they they just don't exist. I think the closest one to us is like an hour and a half away, and I'm like, mm, is really like we- it really worth the
0: drive? Weighing all the money you're spending on gas, and you have to plan out. That's a full day. You have to plan out. Yeah. It's not like an excursion. Uh, I haven't done it. Do you ever do? I've done it only once. I think uh, going to the movies alone. I actually, so a portion of our
1: show, we, we cover new films that are released every week um, because our final vision for what we're doing is to, you know, become licensed critics. So right now we're trying to kind of build that audience up on YouTube. So what we'll do, I've been doing since March is, has been going to the movies every week alone uh, to see these new films because a lot of the films that uh, I'm going to see, my wife doesn't actually like. So, on all my friends work during during the week, so it's it's like, eh. It's it's an interesting experience.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I could ever really. I mean, I would like to be a movie critic, but I was actually we were talking about this last week on the podcast that uh, I'm too. I don't know if it, the suede is the right word, but I'm I'm way too like right after I see a movie or watch a TV. Episode, I immediately go to uh, like the AV club or something to be like, did I actually like this, or am <laughs> I just dumb and wasn't paying attention? I
1: I find myself honestly like I I grew up watching Ebert, uh, Ebert and Roper on when it would come on cable at like six a.m. I was I would watch it every week, and so I grew up like reading these kind of things and like watching these kind of things. But then I kind of as I kind of grew older and was forming my own opinions on things. I would, I now, I will not read critical reviews prior to seeing a film just because I don't want it to sway my opinion. I want to make my own decisions.
0: So. That's legit. I think, um, I'll, I'll occasionally look at the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Cause sometimes I'm like, that was a good trailer. And then the movie's horse crap, like Suicide Squad. I was genuinely excited for it, but then everybody was like, no, 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 no. So I didn't. Uh, and that was. I saved myself
1: i i see i'm like I'm like a definitive uh nerd, so I really defend things like suicide squad like suicide squad is mm, i I don't think that you would appreciate suicide because it is kind of like psychedelic and like weird um i mean it's not bad it's it's all right, but I definitely batman ex- batman versus Superman is a great example I loved it yes loved that movie really, and everyone hates it um I I just I I'm a I'm a huge fan of that film. Uh I I defend it because it's to me it's um it's just a smart film. I I mean it's it's overly complex in the areas and it's it's layered in just the right way that you know there's still stuff that you can dig out
0: from it. Well damn. I mean I'm just I don't know. I'm I'm like not at the point where I I can really I think critically uh discuss movies because I'm I mean I've done I, uh, f- almost 50 episodes of this podcast and I don't think I've gotten better whatsoever at reviewing. I'm just kind of like I just my guest is like oh that's I'm that's a good point. I guess I'm I'm on board with that. but uh, I don't know it's 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 a it's a beast and I'm, I'm just like I enjoy movies in general. like it's either I'm bored out of my mind or I love it and it's my favorite. There's no real <laughs> in between for me.
1: I mean, it for me, it was
0: like making that transition from like film goer to like, like you know,
1: looking at things more critically was a challenge for me because the first film that we sat down and, and reviewed was Justice League. And Justice League was a film that was like on my most anticipated list for like probably three or four years because I'm such a big DC fan. And I looked at like, you know, things like, oh, how does the story affect? And... How does the, you know, how does, you know, the chemistry between the actors, so you start breaking down what makes a movie a movie, and then you can start looking at it more objectively, taking yourself out of the fandom, Um, like Stranger's is another great example, we did the new one, and I'm such a huge fan of the original that going to see the, the second one, it was like, take yourself out of the fandom, and really, really start looking at what you liked about this film, what you don't like about this film. And I ended up actually not enjoying the film because it just it wasn't really all that great because there was a lot wrong with the story. It was a lot wrong with the plot know, um, yeah, the movie, like the, the cast, like just didn't really wasn't really all that strong. And like all my friends were like, you're crazy. This is an amazing film. And I was like, mm, mm, no. <laughs>
0: Well, I um. so fans of the podcast will know that I like to read Wikipedia articles of movies that I have no intention of seeing just because I want to be involved in the the uh, culture of it. And Strangers 2 definitely had a much different vibe to it. And again, I'm going off of watching the trailers and reading the synopses. But it's like, I, I think what made the first one so interesting is that it is kind of like this bottle story that it's all taking place just in this secluded cabin wall. Uh I was getting confused reading it and maybe it would work better visually. But uh just them uh the two kids like jumping around from place to place from trailer to another uh building and it's just a whole hokey thing. And also this don't the spoiler, don't the strangers uh get murdered?
1: Yes, they all die at the end. I'm like, you just killed your franchise right there.
0: But, but then it, oh no, it's gonna be like those kids were so scarred that they're gonna become the strangers. But That's my prediction. It,
1: but it's weird because the way that they like they set it up, the first one was so grounded in reality because you know who is not afraid of you know being having your house broken in and and uh, you know being killed. But this new one, the way that they set it up was it was like they had that that horror trope of the killer never dies because the man in the mask. Spoiler alert: he like gets burned alive, but then still comes back for his victim. And I was like what is going on here? Like, if you're going to kill a killer, he usually comes back in a sequel. First off, classic horror trope. So they're like, oh, no, we're not going to bring him back in a sequel. We're just going to kill the
0: victim now. Well, great. That's fun. Uh, and that's your podcast, essentially. Victims and Villains. Uh, yeah, so our our podcast
1: is, is the marriage between pop culture and suicide prevention. So we, we talk about everything and anything suicide prevention. I think this month we're doing... Everything from uh, the, uh, preparing for Infinity War. We're doing everything from you know looking at Captain America in the comics, the movies, looking at uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Right now we're preparing for uh, a Twitch stream, a team that we're getting ready to launch. Uh, we do the YouTube videos. We just put yeah. out a crossover last week with um, our friends over the Retro Gamers discussing Tomb Raider. We're going to be doing a uh, Waco 20 years later here in a couple of weeks. So I mean, we, we really cover all things in pop culture, but our show is really to let people know that there is hope that suicide is never the answer and that you, whatever season you're going through, it gets better. And we want to provide those resources to get you to that season.
0: That's great. That's awesome. That's a, I mean, a, lo- I, a lot of, podcasts are just kind of like oh let's duck around and talk about movies and I'm sure that of course that's an element to it but I do like that there is kind of an underlying uh idea to it but let's let's talk about uh, a goofy movie great transition <laughs> um so tell me a little bit about so you uh you pitched this idea to me so we're doing uh, a goofy movie uh on the podcast right now and then right after this uh, on your podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, the directed video sequel, An Extremely Goofy Movie. So, kind of, what uh, what's your uh, relationship with the Goofy Movie franchise? So, I, I went through this
1: weird phase when I was, like, 10, like, my grandmother died, and I just wouldn't watch TV, so I would just watch a Goofy Movie and, like, Lion King and Cinderella and, like, all these Disney movies, but uh I loved a goofy movie most so I would I would essentially just kind of go back and just rewatch this over and over again stop it rewind it watch it again and I go through like weird phases where like I just watch movies like that and I think this that was that whole phase in my life kind of existed with the goofy movie and it's underrated like in my opinion it's probably one of the most underrated disney films because it When it was released, you know, you have all of these tentpole films like Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, The Lion King, Aladdin, Flubber. You have all these movies that were released around the same time and and Goofy just kind of got pushed to the
0: to the side. Yeah, I also think um, sometimes because I've talked about this before that um, the the Disney characters are kind of an odd thing to me because, I mean, it's. Like, I think they were built up to try to be kind of like a... I mean, I guess the Looney Tunes came later, but kind of just like this ragtag group that would just do all these crazy antics and get into uh, different uh, shenanigans and stuff. But I feel like with with the addition of Looney Tunes and then Muppets are a great example, uh, these kind of, like, archetype characters that all of us know, they kind of just fall to the wayside and they're not like a huge um, selling point as the, they might have been kind of uh, in during like the heyday uh, of uh, animation in like the 40s and 50s. That's fair. And I mean,
1: you know, around this time, too, we we also got Space Jam as a great example. You know, talk about Looney Tunes. They really kind of reinvented it. So it's also possible that they I think, you know, I don't know which came first. Uh, so, you know, if, you know. Uh, Space Jam came first and they saw this at Disney was like oh we should probably take this maybe maybe it was planned as a direct-to-video and and release it in theaters Um, Mm -hmm.
0: well because the sequel uh, was a direct-to-video
1: yeah they they were famous for that they would have these really big uh, blockbusters hits in theaters and then they would do Lion King 1 and, a half, and Lion King 2, and Aladdin, Return of Jafar, and they, they were really famous for doing that, and they, they've kind of eased up on doing that nowadays, but, um, yeah, they, I, I don't know, like, this this is just a film that I think doesn't get the credit it's deserved, and I, I do think that, you know, they, uh it probably is, a, like, a little bit of what you're talking about with the, these characters you know yes everybody knows them but they kind of like fall to the wayside it's not like you know batman or you know superman like these like super like iconic heroes that not a lot of people would you know are constantly clamoring and saying i need a mickey mouse blockbuster film (laughs) or a looney tunes film that's just over the top because i think like like last couple of looney tunes we've gotten have failed the box office so oh yeah
0: um i mean uh Looney Tunes back in action was supposed to be like this great this huge call to action that like the Looney Tunes are back but uh it wasn't really that successful and i think people were kind of just uh unenthusiastic about it to begin with
1: Yeah i uh i, I find myself a lot of times anytime i, I see Brendan Fraser i'm just uh i kind of have that that look i don't i don't know like i i've nah, i just more think about it. He's just not an actor I liked.
0: That's fair. I don't know. I, it's kind of that thing uh, in school where there's the one kid in class uh, in your grade that everybody is like, oh, he is going places. And so everybody starts treating him uh, as such. But then they are moderately successful but there there's nothing spectacular about them. I think that's kind of what happened to Brendan Fraser. And then uh, obviously that New Yorker uh I believe it was in the New Yorker that uh, they had kind of that candid interview with him and kind of mm-hmm. how uh he went through uh a lot of shit which I mean, I had no idea about that, but I, I he was just kind of like this cultural uh punchline for years and years.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he he I have seen him turn in some good performances and yes, I think, again, you're talking about underrated comedies. He stars in one of my most favorite favorite underrated comedies, Air uh, with Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi. Like, still one of the best animated, or still one of the best comedies of the 90s. But then, you know, he kind of started doing things like The Mummy. And The Mummy, the first one, it was alright for what it was for its time period. But at the same time, I feel like they really could have they they just they tried to light that candle one too many times and ultimately i think you know he was just kind of like doing it as a paycheck and so
0: yeah no i agree with that i mean but also the mummy gave us a really cool ride that i have not been on because it looks <laughs> too scary <laughs> same <laughs> uh what fu- if have been thinking about that so much that i'm terrified Uh, I'm excited about uh, the idea of having kids, but at the same time, I'm so scared that they are going to be really excited and into thrill rides, and I'm going to have to just go on all of them. But then, it's going to be a rude awakening where it's been like, oh, I've been scared of this ride for 25 years, and it's actually for children, and it's not a deal at all. Like I still have not been on Space Mountain, uh, because that seems uh, horrifying. I just went on Splash Mountain a couple years ago, and it was not that bad.
1: No, I I don't do roller coasters, and I, I my wife is like all for roller coasters, so it's an interesting dynamic. Where if we ever do go to like amusement parks, which I think has only happened maybe once since we've known each other, it's oh apparently my wife's telling me it's never happened, but it would be like here, hold my purse, I'd be like okay, yeah. so I I just don't do them. Like I actually uh, a couple like about ten years ago. Uh, my buddy and I, we went with our church to Hershey park and he had convinced me to go on this ride where you're, it's a water ride. I don't know if it's Splash Mountain. I don't think it is, but it's, you essentially sit down in, in this seat, your feet dangle over and you go through, it's like a small roller coaster, but you, uh, they, they squirt, you know, pounds of water at you and it's supposed to be this like really fun experience so I get up, and my, my best friend, like, at the time, talks me into it. I get up there, and I was, like, the lady's, like, strapping me and I'm, like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And the lady makes eye contact with me. She's, like, what do you mean you can't do this? I'm, like, let me up. I cannot do this. And, like, I start making this, like, big scene, and everyone is watching me. And I'm, like, I'm not on drugs. I swear I am not on drugs. <laughs> and I just bolt it. And I was, like. Never again will anyone convince me to ride a roller coaster or anything, any sort of thing like that. I will stand my ground next time.
0: Well, my thing is, like, I I know which rides I like and think I would like. And it's very hard. Like, the thing is, uh, I went went to um, uh, Disney World a couple years ago with, like, school and stuff. And... Um, a couple times I did challenge myself and I went on rides that I thought looked a little scary, but also I was like, I'm not going to be the only one in the group. But I, I remember I w- we were in line for test track and it was easily a 45 to hour long wait. And I kept telling people, look, I'm down to go on this ride. I just need somebody to tell me what the ride is because I I had no idea. And no one would tell me. And so I'm just shaking in line because I'm thinking, oh, no, what is Test Track going to be? It's going to whip me around. And then I went on, and it was the best. It's the best ride, I think, uh, in Disney. I'll die on that, I think. I think the closest
1: I've ever gotten to, like, a thrill ride was uh – I don't remember. I think it might have been Hershey a couple of years ago. Um, but my, like, my, it was, like, the simulation thing that you went in, and it was, like, a rocket. And essentially, like, it was, like, a VR experience. And you got in, and it, like, it tilted up. So, like, you actually got to feel, like, what it was, what it would be like to go on a rocket. And I feel like that's, like, the closest to thrill ride I've ever gotten. And everyone... Like all the five-year-olds that are probably listening to the show are probably like, ha, I've done the Great Bear.
0: I hope there are no five-year-olds because I curse and say bad things a lot. We were talking, we were talking about psychedelics. Uh, so if you're still listening, five-year-old, kudos to you. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, a Goofy movie. So, um, for those of you who are not familiar, a brief kind of go-through of the plot is that um, uh, Goofy uh, has a teenage son, Max. Max is uh, in high school, he's a dork, and, uh, he, he pulls, like, a big, I guess, a kind of a prank to impress everybody at school, where he, um, lip-syncs to his, everybody's favorite, uh, singer, Powerline, uh, and then, there's a big party, and everybody's like, oh, let's, we're gonna watch the Powerline concert, and Max tells a white lie, because Goofy is making him go on a, uh, uh, a road trip, and he says, oh, I'm gonna be on stage at the show with Powerline, and everybody is excited, and there's also a, a girl at one point, and her only character trait is that she's kind of shy, <laughs> and that's, she's very, uh, every single female character in this movie is the most underdeveloped thing uh, in the universe, uh, but then it ends with him getting on stage with Powerline because goofy goofs, and Max uh, goes along with, for the ride did i I miss anything in that summary no absolutely not and i i never
1: really kind of thought about the the whole element of roxanne just like being like super underdeveloped because she is like she doesn't really have any like traits like you don't really see enough of her to get her fleshed out and all we know is that she's kind of cute i guess is because max is like oh gosh yeah
0: even at the end where you know she kisses him he's like he hooked (laughs) oh yeah I remember uh, I wrote that down my favorite uh, the best part I think in this movie is he's uh, Max is complaining to his best friend PJ and he's like he says he does like the goofy laugh because that's his like I guess puberty tick is that he he goes yuck but he says it super angsty he's like he yuck yeah I just said he yuck to her I love that it turns out that's what she she loved about him yeah and then you know
1: like even like that nightmare sequence that he has at the beginning where you know they're running through the fields and then like you know they're just kind of staring into each other's eyes being all romantic and then he slowly turns into goofy and his biggest fear as he's just don't open my mouth don't open my mouth and then he lets out the laugh and he's like oh okay
0: that was that was scary and i uh oh sorry that's snap i was putting on chapstick um <laughs> uh i definitely watching this that i definitely related to that part of like oh yeah because uh i've definitely had moments where i realize i'm turning into my dad a little bit like not just partly in terms of uh just being a little bit awkward in situations and just kind of standing on the sidelines uh during parties but even just luckily i don't think i'm going bald but (laughs) other than that i do you do you kind of have those moments where you realize oh i'm very much like my parents
1: i i'm more like my mom than i am my dad and like my mom's like super stubborn and i can be super stubborn and my wife will attest to this very much and uh she's looking over she's like you need to readjust that wording (laughs) um so yeah i i'm i'm like i'm more like my mom i guess than i'm like super stubborn and I, I'm I'm trying to like Trying to change that The way that I approach You know Different subjects of people And, and Especially with doing our podcast You know I don't want to be Stubborn like my way Or the highway So that's why I've been like Really challenging myself To be more objective And Looking at things That I normally wouldn't look at But yeah I I, I totally
0: relate to that Yeah and I'm like Trying to be introspective I'm, I'm also very much like my mom Like my mom and I Are both exactly like Linda from Bob's Burgers Just kind of yes. like Shaking our hips And Uh making everybody have fun (laughs) love that i i I feel like i i would
1: it sounds weird but i feel like i your mom sounds cool
0: oh yeah she's she's a cool lady she doesn't listen because uh i've tried to explain to her how to do podcasts and uh she she's tried uh but it's that's it's not for her oh one thing uh i'm angry at this movie about is uh they did a close-up of goofy's map so goofy and Max are taking a road trip from wherever they live to um, some Idaho fishing lake. Is that is that where they were going? Lake Destiny. Lake Destiny, <laughs> that's it. And um, there's a big note over the state of Pennsylvania where both of us reside, and it says, just don't go.
1: Really? I, d- I miss that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I it, it might have been over Jersey, and uh, maybe I'm getting angry over nothing, but you know what? Screw you, Goofy. I don't want to come to your weird state where you take photos of babies and you have to choke on a squeak toy to get them to smile. He's a master, apparently, at that. Yeah, he's a master of trying normal things and then it fails and then he hurts himself. Like, I feel like I was that kid uh, at Disney World when, (laughs) like, with Goofy taking photos of those children, just being like, Is this funny? (laughs) maybe like it's weird. Cause I like you, the Muppets in, in contrast, they, they have like this vaudeville style, but it's kind of evolved a little bit with the times. But, uh, I feel like the Mickey mouse characters they're they're very much just doing the classic kind of vaudeville routine and style, but they're, they haven't really dived into stuff. I mean, like Disney is famous for doing the weird, uh, Clearly promotional specials where it's just like, well, here we are at the premiere of uh, Phil of the Future or whatever. It's just right. like an ad.
1: Uh. Yeah, and and we'll we'll talk about this more on uh, Victims, but uh, the extremely goofy movie the is a great example of what you're talking about because like the the opening to that film, like the opening sequence of maybe like the first two minutes of that movie are just all about you know just that classic you know traditionalist disney style of like you know wild and crazy and i was like hmm i don't i don't remember if i i don't know if i like this movie as much as i remember yeah. well
0: because it's i mean part of the style of the comedy is this mugging and just every other character being like oh calm down and that's that's hard when you're you know when you're watching something to laugh or uh, kind of be entertained by.
1: Yeah, but I mean, in 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 their defense, I feel like that they as a goofy because they had goofy had like his own show at some point that was like a story of like him and Max kind of like growing up younger. I can mm-hmm. never remember what it's called, but uh, the Max character has definitely developed. Uh, a lot since that series. So, like, as Max got older, like they developed him more, but Goofy stayed the same.
0: yes, you know what? let's let's talk about that relationship, the relationship between Max and Goofy. And I'm sure uh, I'll definitely have more thoughts uh, for an extremely goofy movie later. But so w- w- the movies told through the through the eyes of Max, Goofy's son, supposedly. and it's it is hard to watch sometimes because, um, the whole conceit is that um, Goofy is scared that Max is going to grow up to be a bad kid that ends up in jail. So he wants to have, you know, <laughs> because uh. he pulled a, he pulled that classic power line prank. And uh, he, so Goofy is like, okay, we have to go on a, we do have to do some father-son bonding. So he doesn't end up bad. And it's just, I, I just was so frustrated with Goofy because he wasn't, he, w- he meant well, but then when he saw that his method wasn't working, he was just double-downing. He, like, he's like, oh, let's go to this weird um, country jamboree robot oh, show I in the middle this. of nowhere. And, like, my parents, when I was a kid, you know, they would try to introduce me to stuff that they would like. And if I clearly wasn't vibing with it, they would be like, okay, um, maybe we'll try something else next time. But Goofy is it just... He, they just keep showing him with these really sad eyes of just like why doesn't he like it yeah I I totally
1: agree with that and as I'm watching the the Jamboree like I really feel for Max in that because like you know I, I'm a I love cinema and obviously one of the arguably one of the greatest cinematic experiences of all time is is Rocky uh, Rocky is a, a franchise that I feel like a lot of people appreciate I don't and, and I don't because, like, growing up, my dad, what the possum pals were to Max and Goofy, that's the way that Rocky was and any Sylvester Stallone film was to my, my father and I. He, like, I, I saw, I think, all, every Rocky movie ever made by the time I turned three. So, like... Oh, well, that's that's hard. Yeah. Go- I, I, so I understand, like, Max's pain, like, sitting here watching it. So, like, when Rocky Six came out, like... I took my dad to go see it as like a Christmas gift, but to me, like as I'm sitting in the theater, I'm just like, mm, mm, "Possum pals, yeah. this this and the possum pals just look dangerous with their weird like springy nail bit, you know, coming at you creations." And I was like, "Oh, someone and the entire blind.
0: audience and the entire audience yodels along. That's insane." Uh, my my brother is like deathly afraid of audience participation, which is partially why he doesn't come see shows that I'm in, because nice. he doesn't. Because I do improv, and he's like, I do not want to be asked to do anything, and I'm terrified that somebody's going to try to make me come on stage. Uh, so I definitely identify, and you know what? His name is Max too, which is interesting. So nice. both Maxes, uh, in in my in my life, are like this. Uh, but yeah, and I don't know. I mean. I get part of Goofy's characterization in a lot of these kind of creations is that they they have the world view and they're very kind of like they're naturally oblivious. Like they'll walk off a cliff accidentally and not realize it until they realize it. But it's just like I don't know. I was this was a movie that seems to be about Max Max's struggle and then it becomes just about Goofy being hurt and that just doesn't work for me.
1: I I mean, that's that's fair and I guess like I I really like at the moment I started to think about it was like, all right, what do I not like about a goofy movie? But it does, like yeah, I can definitely see like what you're talking about because it, it's it opens up and it's it's you know, it's about Max's, you know, trying to win over the girl. And then somewhere along the road trip it slowly kinda starts to become about, you know, that whole father son aspect of, you know, really trying to you know reconnect at, at a yeah. younger age because you know teenagers connecting with their parents it's hard and you know i don't care whatever generation you're in like even if you have a great relationship with your parents there's still uh you know a weird dynamic there that you know that age gap it it affects you it's just i think it's honestly just biology that we as is as cre- cre- uh, creatures we just we don't like to open up around that. It's like a weird age with, like, our parents are, like, 16, 17, however, however old Max is.
0: Yeah. But also, I mean, and that's that's true. And, I mean, Max can definitely try to realize that this is who his dad is and just kind of try to accept that. But at the same time, like, Goofy knows that he has a teenager. And, he, I mean, I remember this drove me crazy. And eventually my mom lightened up a little bit when I would be like, look, you, you got to stop kind of treating me like a baby. Like, I'm... I'm seventeen, <laughs> but uh, um, it was also I got annoyed that um, Goofy didn't like he planned this trip and kind of just told Max that it was happening instead of uh, uh, being like, hey, how about like what are you doing next weekend? How about we we're gonna do this now? And then Max still would have been annoyed and come along. But and also Max should have just said, hey, I got a date with Roxanne.
1: But then there'd be no movie,
0: exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, Goofy, I solved the conflict. <laughs> yeah, Goofy's a
1: but Goofy's a character that I feel like that it, it it works for this for this character, like the the crazy antics that this trip participates on. Because and it it also too shows like the different like generational gaps uh, in you know the way that uh, the opening sequence is is a, one of the opening scenes is a great great example where. Goofy comes in and, you know, he's oddly covering his boobs for some reason and got yes. hair up here and he's, you know, vacuuming and he destroys the, the power line. He's like, you know, well who's who's power line? He's like, only the biggest rock star on the planet, Dad. And then he's like, Oh, he's not bigger than the Mambo King So, you know, that like that's a great example and then you kinda see those generational gaps throughout the entire uh, you know, film where uh, even when you know PJ and his dad get to the get to the campsite, you know they're you kind of see that that generational gap again because you know Goofy wants to hang out with uh, Pete and PJ, you know, and Max, you know, they want to do like music and you know talk about you know whatever whatever else they they talk about because they don't really talk about anything else outside of girls and Powerline, but you know that it's just different generational gaps that i think you see in this film as well
0: that also reminds me that scene so there's a this scene between um max's max and his best friend pj and uh it's like the classic uh, uh a parent overhears um uh like the secret being t- revealed and everything falls apart but um goofy gives them a pizza and that pizza, the cheese is sliding off the entire time, and I remember being very annoyed about that. There's like weird cheese, like there's other cheese stuff, like the um, the stoner friend. Yeah. Uh, he he is obsessed with uh, uh, spra- cheese. Cheese with cheese, cheese wizard And he's just weird about it. And then at the end, um, he sprays cheese whiz on everybody, and the only person that uh, doesn't mind is like the school. Uh, class president
1: Yeah, that to me was like weird like rewatching watching at this past time. I was like You just told him to shut up like five minutes ago, and now you're like Ooh, mm.
0: It's like wow you also like cheese in a can I love cheese in a can And then she flashes her braces like we're gonna go make out now and I was like oh gosh That escalated okay. quickly. Well, I, I yeah. feel like and
1: and that's something that I, I wrote down in my notes was I didn't realize how much because this is a G film and so G films, G-rated films are hard to come by nowadays because everything has got like, you know, everyone's got to be edgy and and you know, we don't some jokes from mom and dad. Yeah, you don't have those anymore. Um well, you you have those nowadays, but I felt like there was like an element of like sexuality to this and I was I was like I don't remember this last time I watched this cuz like the the one chick in like the opening sequence, you know, with the guy that he's like, "Oh, you know he's got he's got like the the total like skater guy got the hair in his face and then you have the he's sitting there with the girl and like she looks like she just walked out of a prince video but she's got like <laughs> super low cut
0: cleavage and i'm like this is a kids movie well that goes back to what i was saying with the 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 female characters in this movie being weirdly represented so i i i forgot that this is kind of a an issue with a lot of disney movies is that um uh the female characters they will either be pr- portrayed as like Jessica Rabbit in the sense where it's just like they're wearing very tight clothes and like a very clear figure or they'll be comically fat like opera singer women that's fair
1: yeah that's fair
0: even though they did drive by uh nuns on the highway <laughs> and they were a ni- they were uh a very realistic representation of women Yes, but just,
1: you also had the crazy cat ladies and the over-sexualized country
0: people. Oh right. Yeah, it oh my gosh. Like that I was cuz I mean no kid is really going to notice that. Like that's I don't know it it's it's a weird choice cuz I mean all of the all of the men in this movie are are butt ugly goofuses <laughs> like yeah? That's fair. Like they all have a uh, like buck teeth. They're all like tubby and they're just like awkward. And it's I don't know. It kind of think uh, watching this and like uh, uh, we can get back to just talking about the goofy movie. But I don't know it it just it dives into this just recurring trope that I see everywhere. And I'm sure uh, you you listening see this as well. But it's just like like there's a certain standard for uh, like women in movies but men can just be like schlubby or whatever it's kind of like the honeymooners or the king of queens you know
1: yes and and but i think that they're you know now with you know now with the, the you know films like wonder woman and uh you know black panther and these these films that are you know not to just you know pull from comic book movies but these films that are really you know changing the way that we really look at these stereotypes I think that you know it's it's a great example, and Get Out's another great example, of you know the way that we looked at you know what horror films can be. Even this past weekend with uh, Quiet Place releasing, It's another you know genre-shaking film that you know we're starting we're slowly starting to get away from this, but when you're going back and you're watching films like the Goofy movie and you're thinking about things like the Honeymooners and King and Queens and the way that, you know, women have these high standards, whereas men, you know, like you're saying, like can be schlubby, can be, you know, just like unattractive and, and, you know, for lack of a better term, I think we're slowly starting to get away from that. And, you know, I'm, I'm praising the, you know, filmmakers that are embracing this change because it's so desperately needed.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and it's also, um, like looking at the credits on a goofy movie, um uh it was it was directed produced and written uh all by men and so like there inherently there is like a little bit of an issue i don't know it's i think it's also it's more mind-boggling for me because uh like it is a kids movie like if it if it's aimed at teenagers or adults like okay you want to uh you want to kind of have like some like sexual element to keep people interested but i mean it's it's just weird and i see this a lot that all this all this weird sexualization creeping in to kids movies because when i was a kid it flew right over me i didn't get it but as an adult watching it i'm just like this doesn't feel right no and it doesn't like and that's why i i
1: feel like you know like you had mentioned previously you know jessica rabbit and the you know who framed roger rabbit series well i guess movie uh Mm -hmm. but it, it, that's a great example because you know that is a film that was aimed at kids and you know doing ha- we our podcast does you know conventions and events all the time you know having seen you know Jessica Rabbit cosplays it's like man that came out of a kids movie and yep. like it's just it, it it's so weird to think about because like you said like you don't notice these things as a, as a kid. So maybe like at the time that this was released, they were like, Oh, well, we're not going to put these mom and dad jokes in there, the way that, you know, finding Nemo or a lot of these, uh, these more current films are doing. So we're just going to put this weird element of sexuality in here for like the dog, like the, you know, the parents. It's like, that's so weird. Like who wants to look at a dog and say, that's a fine piece of
0: meat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, uh, Here's a completely changing the topic, uh, like doing a complete 180. Um, so I like to look at the IMDb facts and trivia for the movies. And according to IMDb, um, the voice of PJ, Rob Paulson, has said several times that he has never watched this movie in its entirety. Really? Yep. <laughs> I'm kind of curious as to what that is because, because he doesn't even really have that big of a part in the film. No, he's just like, "Wow, you get to see a power line dude." Like he's just doing cuz he also voices Carl Weiser in uh, uh Jimmy Neutron and it's it's very apparent <laughs> hearing it in this movie. Oh, that is true, huh?
1: it's an yeah, that's true. Interesting fact
0: right there. Oh, we didn't talk about my uh the person I was most excited to hear, I guess voice wa- voice acting wise. Uh, Wallace Shawn. You're going to He was is- Give me yeah, some sure, sure, sure. No, I don't know why I said it so confidently because I just learned his <laughs> name. He was um <clears throat> excuse me. Uh cool. I think we're both sick. Uh, in uh uh in Princess Bride, he's inconceivable. He's the oh, teacher in uh yes. Clueless, right? Yes. Yeah. I uh just great character actor Wallace Shawn. He's the I principal.
1: Really love him. I every time I watch this like he he's uh, I think I went through like a kick a couple years ago where when I was still living at home with my folks, uh, right after I would graduated, I was I was going back and rewatching this movie a lot again, and I would just randomly quote this movie, and uh, I would like go to my mom and be like, "Hey, can I have a friend stay over? We're gonna do a science slumber party." <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sounds rad as hell. We didn't actually do anything, but I just like to
0: quote these. I just I'm a, like I'm a weird guy that likes to quote movies wherever I can. Oh sure, so do I, and I like to do the non-popular lines, just like just lines of dialogue essentially, and people are like, "Is that a reference to something?" I'm like, <laughs> "I guess technically it's a se- a real sentence, but in my head it was uh, relating to this."
1: Yeah, I I do that all the time. Like people I work with will. Uh, We'll just be having a conversation. I'll randomly slip in a a, a random line that... And then they'll just... They'll, they'll they'll assume it's real. And my wife, I've annoyed her... One of my favorite movies of all time is The Dark Knight. So I will randomly quote, like, just Dark Knight lines. And my wife immediately, like, shuts down and just gets pissed. Because mm-hmm. she's heard it so many
0: times. Also, <laughs> I, ju- I just realized... We've been talking about this movie for uh, for nearly forty five minutes at this point, and we have not mentioned that Bigfoot's in this movie. It's like a it's a it's a huge plot point. It's Bigfoot brings uh, Max and Goofy together because they're trapped in their car.
1: <laughs> yeah, let me take a let me take a
0: sip of my high dad soup here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that I wrote that down. I was like, high dad soup. Like, I mean. It's nice I guess that they're finally bonding and it it took soup to do so. Soup, it brings people together, but <laughs> desperation brings people together because they're they're kind of like
1: they're kind of like conformed into this like the way that the scene ultimately ends up was, you know, they get a video footage of of Bigfoot. Bigfoot has their keys so they get locked in the car and he gets Max gets hungry so randomly
0: <laughs> conveniently They get soup. Yeah, there's a can of, a piping hot can of soup on the dashboard. Uh, and they just, he, Max just sips on it like it's a cup of coffee.
1: So I was like, "Mm, mmm, that's so weird. Like, I, I don't know. Like, if I, if I ever, maybe I should like start keeping like Spaghettios, like in my car. So that way, like, if I ever get broke down, I always have like, uh, you know, I can just light the cigarette lighter and then cook them that way.
0: I I don't know. Yeah, but it w- but it won't be high dad soup. It'll be uh it'll be oo soup, and <laughs> that's no fun. I I enjoy oo soup so, or as I like to call it soup. Soup, <laughs> and it, like I don't know. I I don't know. I, like my dad and I are close, but I mean we've never we've never had a my dad soup type of bonding <laughs> experience, and like it's weird. It's this weird shift in the movie where they're now, like, that one moment of being trapped in a car and thinking that they're going to die turns them into the best of friends, and they go to New Orleans, and Goofy murders a mime. It, it's, oh, a yeah. great, it's a great time.
1: But you're, you, you, you failed to mention that this film shows actual
0: footage of Bigfoot enjoying the Bee Gees. Oh, of course, how could I forget? He dances to "Staying Alive.
1: <laughs> which is like one of like the only I think it's actually the only licensed song for this film that's not originally uh, yes. made.
0: So which is like, weird instead of like him. I guess it, it wouldn't have been as funny or whatever if he was dancing to a Powerline song.
1: Well, they really only have two Powerline songs, you know, for being the biggest rock star on the planet. He surely is no Michael Jackson.
0: No, I also, I do like that they call, that they call him a rock star and it's clearly just like very electronic pop type stuff.
1: I mean, at that time, like, but at the, at the, like the height of the nineties where this was released, like techno was really starting to like, you know, come over from Europe. So it would have made sense that, you know, at this time, because there are, there are elements of this, there there are elements of this film that can feel timeless, but there are elements of it that are bogged down by the culture that it was released in.
0: I mean, honestly, uh, a lot of the power power line music, um, I was thinking kind of sounded like Bruno Mars in a way, like, uh, but then the dancing very much ages it. <laughs> I think it's crazy that I, I couldn't tell. So in the end, um, goofy and max both make it on stage and dance with power line. And I couldn't figure out if they were dancing. They knew the Powerline choreography, or if Powerline just got their weird dance antics.
1: It was the perfect cast, and I think he just kind of called on it. It did feel kind of weird that like he was like, "Dad, perfect cast," and so he starts doing this perfect cast, and Powerline like watches it
0: once, and he's like, "Got it." I'm like, mm. "I mean, he's a professional. He's a professional. He know he knows how to be a showman." Uh it's also this is like a big deal for Powerline. This is he this is a live concert event that's uh, in LA and it's being uh going all over the country and he's just like, "Yeah, sure, I'll let this weird guy dance with me. Oh, his son is also here. I'll let him dance as well." Yeah. The pay-per-view days. I I
1: would like to see a dance-off between like Powerline and StarLord. Because, you know, I feel like that, you know, anything Star-Lord would do, Powerline would just mimic perfectly.
0: (laughs) He'd be like, yeah, my mom and I used to dance to this, or whatever. Uh, (laughs) I I saw both movies once, so there we go. Uh, Man, Guardians of the Oxy 2 is, I think, so much better. Really? I... uh I
1: there are elements of it that I feel like are better, but I feel like the Guardians of the Galaxy to me is one of the best films ever made just because it, it blend it tackles character development really well with all five characters that you, oh, is it five? Yeah, five characters that you really had no idea about. Um Uh you have you have that. Uh but you also have there's a lot of humor in this, the action and it's good. The only thing it really fails from is uh, kind of a weak villain.
0: Well, yeah, I think I, I I agree with that. But for me, I I actually wa- tried watching it once, turned it off because I didn't like it, and then I saw I watched it again all the way through. And it's they spend so much time with just like getting the gang together for the first time, and I feel like there's almost too much of having like a, a villain and also getting to know you. And that I think that's why the second movie I felt was stronger was because first of all, uh, they they already we already. Their dynamics are set, even if you haven't seen this, the first one and you're not a big fan, you can kind of understand their dynamics. And also, the villain is more personal. Like, that's why I loved season one of Jessica Jones, is because, like, it's not just an evil person that's wreaking havoc on uh, Hell's Kitchen in greater New York. It's like, Jessica was under this man's spell against her will for, uh, like, a year or so. Yeah.
1: I loved the first season of Jessica Jones and the new one was like it was I wouldn't say it was bad but it was just a different completely different dynamic than the original one. Uh it does fall a little
0: bit short of the first season though. Yeah, I watched one episode and I was like, "Oh, uh, if I get around to it, I'll keep watching." Uh yeah. Um also, uh, when uh Roxanne seized Max on tv at the concert you would think like oh you this boy that you have a big crush on you're gonna uh, like bounce around with excitement or something no she she just kind of smirks a little bit she's i mean the movie wants you to know that she is very shy and she is a very scary dad
1: <laughs> another again another classic trope yep like, uh, what do you want <laughs> uh, nothing She doesn't even say that like he just like growls at her because you know daddy calm down ugh
0: I, uh, uh, she said daddy and I got very angry and I was like, no, at my TV. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I, I don't know. Like I, I enjoyed the,
1: uh, I eh, like the, the whole element of like her just being kind of like, you know, like super shy throughout the entire film. It, it works for her character the
0: way that she is. But as, but at the same time, I, at the same, I, I don't, because Max is nervous about, Approaching her and talking to her, but it seems that she is such like an introverted person like i wanna i wanna underst- i wanna see more of like her personality and kind of i wanna i wanna see a subplot involving her during the movie where she's like trying to understand her feelings or i don't know she's hanging out with student body president girl
1: and she really does feel like a wasted character in this almost like almost everyone outside of outside of you know max and goofy and aside from you know maybe pj and pete they a lot of the characters in this they don't feel like they you if you took them out of the equation they would probably still be it would still be the same movie like you don't even really need to meet roxanne Mm -hmm. you could just know her by name and it would still be the same film i feel like
0: yeah for the most part um, also, my favorite IMDB fact that I found is... And these are usually, like, user-submitted. So that it says, The title of the movie refers to both the main character, Goofy, and the kind of antics he gets into. Well, so, uh, <laughs> so in case you were curious. And then uh, four out of 20 people found this fact interesting. Uh, so that's that's fun. <laughs> I literally always thought that it was just, you
1: know... It was just because Goofy had nothing to do with his antics. He was like,
0: "It's Goofy. It's a movie. A Goofy movie. Get it." But no, this person wants you to know that there is double meaning in it. So uh, mm-hmm. get ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we before we rate the movie, would you like to play a quick uh, round of guess the tagline? Uh, sure. I great
1: me saying as I have been trying to as I've been listening to your show in preparation for this crossover I have been trying to like if he does this what is this what is going to be the tagline
0: Yeah, it's a very fun game because I always forget to ask my guest beforehand, like, oh, hey, do you want to do this? And if so, just, like, kind of brainstorm a couple ideas. Nope, I think it's fun to just spring it on them in the moment. So, uh, yeah, so, um, guess the tagline? uh, You know, all movies have, uh, like, a little quip or something to try to market their movie. And kind of, if you're on the fence about it, you're going to get in that seat. So, a goofy movie, 95, um, is really riding off the star power of um, the Disney gang's favorite dog, man, Goofy. So, what are your thought processes to like how uh, Disney would market this film?
1: Father and son take a Goofy road trip.
0: That's actually very close. Oh, the the tagline uh, according to the poster on Wikipedia is: "It's hard to be cool when your dad is Goofy." So you definitely included the uh, goofy, the goofy double meaning thing in there. So for that, you, you win. Okay. Okay. That's <laughs> you don't <fair>. get anything. <laughs> but I see,
1: but that doesn't. That doesn't. Say, if I saw that in the theater, like you know the way that, like when you go to a movie, is like they have coming attractions. I would not look at that poster and see that tagline and be like, "I need to be here opening night."
0: Yeah. Like I guess it is hard, Max. It is hard to be cool when your dad's goofy. Uh, and we don't really talk about it that much, but he, he he is just very intrusive. And like you said, he walks around in a towel uh, up to his non-existent uh, boobs and uh, gives him big kisses. Did we I... also forgot to mention this movie uh, is technically a musical.
1: Yes, and I was actually going to get ready to say something before we jumped into the ratings. I, sure, sure. I loved the soundtrack for this. Um, I, I uh, Musicals are like a hit or miss for me. But this one, I feel like the musical aspect of it, I love it. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm super nostalgic. So if you guys have ever listened on my show, I'm Captain Nostalgia on my show. I love nostalgia, and I love things that I, I grew up on. And I, growing up on this film, I really did enjoy the music of this film. Everything from you know Staying Alive to the Power Line to even some of the uh, when I watched this, like I went to work right afterwards and I had the road trip song stuck in my head for
0: hours. Just yeah, that's it. not a bad song. I also I'm, I'm genuinely enjoy after today because yes. years ago, I don't know if you saw it. They some guy did a live action remake of that whole sequence.
1: Oh, yes. And I was blown away by that. It was a fantastic rendition of that.
0: Yes. But that was the but the but then some of the. Other songs throughout it, like uh, when they're when their car is about to go, when they're in the car on on a river, and they just sing about um, how like they have a strained relationship. Um, it just that that one wasn't uh, really vibing with me.
1: Yeah, I I mean there are a couple songs in here that are annoying, like you have every in every musical, but I found a lot of the uh, I even thought about like this past time I was like, you know, I like the opening power line number. Uh, like that's name is escaping me right now. Uh, stand out in the crowd. I love that song so much that I would even consider at one point, I think making it my ringtone. Whoa. When people call me. I love that song, dude. I don't know why I it just, it, it's very
0: reminiscent of its time, but I, I love it. hmm My, what's my ringtone? Cause I mean, I have it usually on vibrate, but I, Oh, my my, the- my ringtone is the theme song to Eric Idle's movie uh, Brazil nice. or Terry Gilliam's movie Brazil, uh, which you can also hear in the trailer for Wally. That little dun 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 dun. For a while, it was me singing, but I was like, "This is getting weird." <laughs> <laughs> this is not a fun thing. Uh, my ringtone right now is the X Files theme song, so oh, that's fun. So it's like, oh my god, what happens if I don't answer the phone? Yeah, uh, which is, oh I ju- yeah, I was gonna say it's really weird,
1: like, because uh, usually I'm listening to like podcasts or Spotify when I'm going to work. And it's really weird when like, the audio just cuts out and you just hear that. It's
0: just really weird. But anyways, yeah, I was gonna say, I just, um, I, I've only seen one episode of the new uh, series. And it was the one where it's basically a Black Mirror episode. It's like a they're at a sushi restaurant and um Mulder doesn't tip and then all these um like automated services just come after them and try to kill them.
1: Yeah, that was the second episode. And then the new series. I uh we we've we've followed it for we followed it and we've done coverage of it this year uh, cuz this year is actually 25 years since the X-Files came out.
0: Oh, happy anniversary everybody.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's really weird because, like, it's, it's the 25th anniversary. It's the 20th anniversary of the first film. And then it's the 10-year anniversary of the second film. So it's, like, all these anniversaries, like, stacked into one year.
0: Yeah. And then um, uh, Gillian Anderson is like, I'm done after this season, right? Yeah. Which, Which I mean. Makes I, sense.
1: Yes. And I, I'm completely okay with it. Like, the they, they've I've really tried to recapture a lot of the magic with these new series this these two revival series but they just they haven't really gotten there yet and like there have been great episodes and great moments but nothing as good as you know some of the original seas, uh the original series obviously
0: mhm well with that being said uh, we, uh this is the original goofy movie so <laughs> let's let's uh rate it uh so we haven't we haven't really rated a movie uh, in a little over a month just because we've been doing uh, March Mupness and we did the second edition of Trailer Trash last week, but uh, you'll be happy to know if you forgot that we have simplified our rating system because uh, it was frustrating every single guest uh, and I was getting tired of having a really complicated Excel spreadsheet. So uh, what we're going to do, Josh, is um, you're just going to rate it on a scale from zero to five. You can be as minute as you would like with Uh, decimals and that kind of stuff, and um, taking in factors like um, how the movie treats its audience, the plot, the acting, the humor, anything you would like, uh, just kind of walk us through it, and then uh, give us your uh, numerical score. So, as a fan, I would probably
1: give this a a 4 out of 5, because I... It just, it has that sense of nostalgia. It has that sense of, it has a great soundtrack. It has a lot of, you know, a lot of good things going for it. But at the same time, as a critic, I would give it probably about like a two and a half out of five, simply because, you know, there are a lot of tropes that this film does embrace. There are a lot of, you know, convenient plot elements to this, um, Underdeveloped characters, over you know sexualized in other aspects as well. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna meet in the middle and give it a three out of five because I feel like it does doesn't really treat its audience as fairly as it should. But it's still a fun film.
0: There you go. Um, I'm I'm gonna do a little bit uh, lower. I'm gonna do um, I'm gonna do a two point three because mm-hmm. um, I'm going into this. With absolutely zero uh, nostalgia, um, it. I thought it was it was fine. Um, I definitely liked it more than an extremely goofy movie, which we'll we'll talk about in your podcast uh, in just a few days, uh, in adult in real real world time. But uh, I don't know. It's. Um, I just found myself so frustrated with Goofy and like, sure he's uh, kind of a. Uh, Um, what's it called like a scatterbrain he is meaning well and he just kind of lets his enthusiasm get the best of him but it was to such a ridiculous extent that i could barely uh enjoy it some of the songs were good a lot of them were pretty unmemorable like i had to listen to some of the soundtrack again just to remind myself and uh you know uh so much stuff happened that i was confused by like all of the uh The bigfoot stuff i was like this is an interesting way to uh get these two characters to open up after an hour of poutiness uh and so with that so again uh you gave it a three i gave it a 2.3 uh crunching those numbers together um we're giving a goofy movie uh a score of 2.65 out of five which eh, it's a little on the lower side and that puts it uh, in our ratings right above the Muppets Wizard of Oz and right below Looney Tunes back in action Ooh. but if it makes you feel any better this is like hundredths of uh, decimal points it's not like a like Looney Tunes is a five or whatever because no it is not no. um uh but yeah so that that was a goofy movie uh do you have any do you have any final thoughts on the movie or life as a whole
1: no, I, uh, I, I do not, but um, obviously it's, you know, any time that I get the floor to, you know, plug something. Yeah, um, sure, plug it up. I always like to tell people that, you know, maybe maybe you guys have never heard this, um, but I, I just want to say that, you know, look, if you guys are listening to this and somehow you've made it this far, you've never seen the Goofy movie, you should change that. Uh, just as a fan. But, uh, even on a serious note, you guys, if you're listening to this right now and you or someone you know is struggling with suicide, addiction, self harm, or depression, um, you guys can reach out to, to me on any of our social media it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, uh, uh, all victims and villains, and just reach out. Uh, we have resources on our website, victimsandvillains.net. The suicide Lifeline is 1 800 273 8255. Or also, uh, you guys can also text on, obviously, at 741 Just, just to know that that you guys have value you have worth and just because you're a little sad it doesn't mean that it's the the end of the world for you life does get better that's as, true as max learned
0: yeah oh my god he had so much fun in college you guys um, <laughs> uh and uh and of course yeah so you can uh for more information or uh, just to listen to Josh's podcast, victims and villains. Uh, he just said uh, all of the social media at victims and villains, victims and And you can follow kit pod on a uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram uh, at kit pod. Send us an email, kit pod at gmail.com and uh, write us a brightest review on iTunes because that would be really nice. So uh, that, that is all for today. Uh, Josh, thanks for coming on any
1: time. I, I, I've really enjoyed li- uh catching up on your your podcast this week and getting to know it a little bit better. Um so I'll definitely Well, thank you. I appreciate it. that. I really enjoyed it. I was like, man, this is a great great concept for a
0: podcast. Hooray! Maybe I'll continue doing it because I'm—I've been starting to get exhausted with uh, watching, movies. but you know what? I'm about to graduate and I won't uh, have a job for a little while, so that'll be a perfect time to rack up some episodes. <laughs> so there you go. Just you just backlog them, like do like an episode a day. Yeah, to keep the doctor away. Yeah, I'll, for two weeks, I'm going to... That's not a terrible idea, actually. I'll, book, I'll do episodes every day for two weeks. It'll be a miserable time. Uh, you will just hear me decline over nearly <laughs> half... Uh, like, months of podcasts. But then I'll get to hang out for uh, two, uh, fourteen weeks. <laughs> so it'll last go. me until uh, um, uh, Halloween. Um, uh, yeah, and as always... Uh, Uh, We will hear you next week, and go, go, gadget, end show.